listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. Welcome, folks, to another episode of the ACB Advocacy Update. I am your host, Swatha Nandakumar, the advocacy and outreach specialist for the American Council of the Blind. And I am joined by the guests today are Dan Spoon, our ACB Interdictive Director, and Devka Lewis, our president of ACB. Hello, guys. How are you? Hey, great. Good to be here with you, Swatha. Great. Yes, Swatha. Great to, great to spend some time with you today, this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. And thank you to everyone on ACB, ACB Media Land and sharing and liking and spreading the podcast. We appreciate it. So this podcast is going to be like a year in review. So just looking back at 2023 and all we've done, accomplished all the things that happened this year. So Dan, you want us to start on staff, on staff changes? Sure, Swatha. It has been a year of transition. Uh, first, we... Uh, had the um, opportunity uh, to say goodbye to Eric Bridges, who had been our executive director for the past uh, seven and a half years and been with ACB for over 15 years. So uh, we really uh, miss Eric and all of his wisdom and experience. And uh, in that role, uh, uh, we the board kind of made a decision that that I step in and become the interim executive director for a period of around a year to allow us to have a really seamless transition uh, through our DC leadership conference and our up and upcoming convention and our activities throughout the year. So uh, that's been my role for uh, for the past uh, nine months or so. And then uh, in the summertime after our convention, uh, Kelly uh, Kelly Gass uh, tendered her resignation. She also went to work for the American Foundation for the Blind as a communications uh, specialist. And so uh, we have filled that role here over the last five, six months with a contractor to help us with social media. And then we've filled in with the rest of our staff, uh, Sharon Lovering and Rick Morin, uh, Larry Gassman, and others, uh, Tabitha Kinlons, Uswatha, uh, Clark, many have kind of jumped in and made sure we didn't lose a beat when it came to our overall communications approach as a staff. And then in November, uh, Clark Rockful, our Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs, uh, tendered his resignation to go work at Nike, uh, where he's going to be in charge of accessibility public policy for Nike, both internally and externally. So we wish Clark very well on his new endeavors. And I think it's exciting that ACB has really become a valued partner throughout the blind and low vision community in the corporate accessibility space where our staff members are sought at uh, after, uh, you know, throughout other organizations and corporations. So I think it's a real testament to the hard work of our staff and the support of our ACB board of directors and our ACB members. I also, uh, this is uh, public knowledge now, and so we're excited to have filled Clark's position 
with Claire Stanley, who will be our new Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs, and she will be starting the second week in January. So uh, at times we lose people, but we always have the ability to rebuild and move forward. And I also wanted to take this opportunity to just thank our ACB staff that all pulled together uh, during this transition period and really worked collaboratively to get the work done of the American Council of the Blind. So very proud of the staff this year. And we will come out of this uh, as strong as ever with new leaders uh, that will take us into the uh, rest of the first half of the 21st century. So thanks for the question, Swatha. Yeah, and many, many of you, many of you, our listeners know that Clark was the other half of my of this podcast team, so he's really, really missed. So, and it's exciting because I usually I joke a lot. I joke that I know Claire because I, because I, because I took I took her job I took her I took her job in ACB. So it's full circle. It truly is, isn't it? It's so. <laughs> It's it's great to see as we kind of grow and take on more responsibility where our life journey will take us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so kind of going back to what Eric to, to Eric's last weeks in a- ACB, um, we had a key left during our leadership conference and leadership conference. Um, and during that conference, we had our first accessible currency rally. Um, Devin Douglas Alamore. Yeah, well, actually, at least for me, it was my first rally with ACB. I think it's been a long time since we've had anything like that, but you're absolutely right. It was definitely our first accessibility, uh, cur- accessible currency rally, and I hope that we don't have to have another one. Uh, <laughs> so right. it, it was a pretty exciting time. We actually had a few events come together to 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 make it more exciting, um, uh, not to mention the big rainstorm that was kind of going on while we were up there. And if you go up and you um, and watch the rally on uh, the ACB YouTube channel, you can actually hear the rain hitting the camera. And believe me, every one of those drops was hitting us too. So um, I, I still have to commend, publicly commend Chris Bell, one of our board members, for coming up with the idea that we should have um, plastic ponchos to put over everybody so they wouldn't just completely drown and um, uh, that was that turned out to be the highlight of the weekend in some ways, I think. But um, it's been a very, very long challenge um, to get more accessible currency for um, people in this country, uh, like it is in many other parts of the world. And um, I didn't really realize until we were getting prepared for the rally that we've actually been engaged in this since the late 70s. And um, yeah, I knew it had been a while, but I didn't really realize personally that it had been quite that long. So that was interesting to me. Um, but we had a fabulous rally, and um, prior to the prior to the rally that very morning, uh, Dan and Clark and uh, Eric and and a couple of other people were um, up talking to the Treasury Department, and um, and did in fact get a commitment from them that the $10 bill um, will be accessible in 2026. And um, 
that that's pretty exciting but it, it kind of coincided timing wise with our rally so we'll never totally know you know what the connection was or if there was one for sure but i felt it was really important that we made a statement and it was very good that we were able to network with other people um both around the the uh, harriet tudman um uh money issues and and then also some of the other uh, disability groups that had an interest in supporting this and so there was a lot of um, community support for for our rally and our effort and um, it was just a great day and a great way to bring our membership together on an important issue that absolutely matters to all of us and it felt good that there was something that we could be doing in DC um, and I have to say, I have been on other um, rallies before on different disability issues, but this was probably the most fun just because of the level of energy. Um, and if you haven't, as I said, if you haven't watched it, and even if you have, you probably should go watch it again because it is um, such an energizing experience. So. Um, it's something that I think ACB can be proud of. We probably won't be able to do one again for a little while, but it sure was a lifetime, a kind of a lifetime experience that I'm so glad that I was able to participate in and that so many of our members uh, were able to participate in with us. And so it was just an absolute highlight of the leadership conference. Yeah, I think it speaks to just how energized we are and how tired of how like tired we are just having this having this been an issue that we could have rallied in the rain and we just like the rain didn't stop us. It was awesome. I really enjoyed that. Yes, <laughs> yes, did. yes. The rain was just an awesome um, addition to it because it was like if it was out there a perfect day, we're having a picnic or whatever, you know, that doesn't look like too much of a sacrifice. But when you're all out there absolutely wondering how your swimming skills are, <laughs> you know, um, it it really does make a difference. So I, I was just really, really glad we could do it. And um, again, I just want to commend all of the work of our staff who helped pull that together and our advocacy uh, committee who helped pull all that together. And um, it was it was just an amazing, um, like I said, it was an amazing experience. And I'm so thankful to have been part of that. Yeah, you mentioned um, Dan Clark and Eric and me kind of getting, getting to feel, getting to see, and getting to talk to, be, to Bureau of Printing on their commitment to accessible currency and getting to feel that currency and see what it looks like in real life. So, I mean, Dan, you want to go on, like, what their problems, I guess, what they're looking sure. at? Sure. I, I believe the rally had a huge impact. It really did. It. I have to say, just from a history point of view, you know, growing up during the, the last years of the Vietnam War, and you saw all the protests taking place across from the White House at Lafayette Park, and here we were, the American Council of the Blind, out there, in a rally with the White House and the Treasury Building just right across the street behind us. It truly, it was very emotional and moving, and it it made a difference. I am a thousand percent convinced that the, the knowing the White House and the U.S. Treasury and the Bureau of Engraving and Printing, knowing that the rally was going to take place, 
I think, drove action. So I don't think it was just a coincidence that mm -hmm. that morning, an hour before the rally, <laughs> the Bureau of Engraving and Printing asked to have a meeting with us and brought their entire staff to that meeting, mm -hmm. including Director Leonard Oliard, who mm -hmm. made a commitment to us there that they would uh, they would share with us the major milestones to get us uh, to accessible currency by the fourth quarter of 2026, and they would meet with us each quarter and review those milestones. And since that meeting in March, we've had two follow-up meetings, uh, one uh, at the beginning of uh, June and then one here uh, in the um, November timeframe, and they're updating us on the milestones. They finished their third feasibility study on the uh, overall functionality of the $10 note, including its uh, ability uh, for counterfeit protection. And they once again confirmed that the raise tactile feature, the uh, uh, RTF, uh, is is uh, performed flawlessly. It's good to go. It's passed all the uh, required tests. And we'll be moving on to the next uh, phase of the testing trials here in the beginning of 2024. Uh, still on track, as they shared with us uh, in the November 14th meeting, uh, to uh, go live fourth quarter of 2026. So we will continue yeah. to meet with them on a regular basis. And Thank you, ACB members and friends and colleagues, and uh, you're making a difference. You truly are, and my gosh, we're going to get this done this time. So, Yeah, this is going to happen because of, very specifically, because of ACB's diligence and continued perseverance, because we've been at this, as I said at the outset, you know, for a very long time. We're not done, but the commitments are being held up. And so, um, you know, I, this is going to be a reality. And, you know, I, I think it's really about time, but I'm so appreciative of all the work that um, staff and members have done around this and the commitment to it. And so, yeah, I, I agree with Dan. This is just, you know, top notch stuff. Yep, now it's now now on us to keep keep them accountable. So let's do it. Let's go on. Got this. Um, so another event that happened this year that we lived like a big event for us is our convention in 2023 in Schaumburg. Um, Dad, do you want to go on that? Oh my, yes. Our convention was um was great this year. And I, you know, we had our first um uh, kind of post-COVID in-person convention uh, in 2022 in in Omaha, kind of the test run. You know, how does it how does it work to come back together? And and that was a great event too. I'm I'm very proud of us. But it felt like we had definitely uh, come back to a sense of normalcy uh, there in Schaumburg. Um, we had the, the full array of. Um, exhibitors, a full array of sessions. Uh, we started with um, um, uh, eight, so, some days of just virtual sessions, 
to uh, accommodate some sessions that would um, be best handled virtually. And we've learned a lot about that over the years and have learned that some things just do work better virtually. So we uh, accommodated all of that with the virtual days. And um, it was great because some of our affiliates and programs uh, took great advantage of that and, and some took greater advantage of the in-person and some took a kind of equal advantage of both. So it was nice to be able to accommodate the different workflows and different work styles of people. Um, I had a different role this year because uh, for the past several years I've been um, primarily responsible for convention uh, online logistics so I know all of the intricacies of how that works but this year um, was my first opportunity to explore in the role of president what that looks like and observe um, others managing the um, online in intricacies of the convention so um, that was a lot of fun for me personally but um, we had a great staff and, and great volunteers uh, working in that area and really making um, a big difference. Um, we Our exhibitors were back. We had both virtual exhibitors and um, in-person exhibitors, and uh, so that was also very nice. We tried an experiment with um, uh, one night of evening exhibits, and uh, that, that went well. I don't know that we're going to do that this particular year, but it is a, certainly an option that we'll continue to explore and do at different times. Um, we had a full array of um, plenary sessions. Um, I was particularly personally um, excited about uh, one of the panels that we had, which um, was put together uh, by Clark Rockfall and involved um, people who were uh, who are engaged in um, rehabilitation, particularly for adults. And um, there was discussion of how services should be delivered and the roles of the uh, certified rehab teaching professionals um, and the O&M professionals and the potential for occupational therapists to become uh, part of that uh, service delivery system and what that certification could look like. And so we had um, various people, including some of our members, um, who are part of the relevant uh, committees here, Rehab Issues Task Force and, and others. Um, and then we also had um, uh, people from our uh, Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss um, affiliate, and then many professionals from the community who are exploring this whole notion of uh, certifications and work relationships and service delivery in an area where service delivery is just such a challenge, no matter who's doing it. Um, that was just a really, really interesting panel, and I think we all learned so much. We um, adopted 16, I, yeah, I think 16 resolutions this summer. And um, that's a little smaller number than some years. And I'm glad for that because um, I think we need to be, um, and I've been encouraging that we be much more, um, that we be much more um, uh, cautious about adopting resolutions, that we be um, diligent in making sure that those we adopt are ones we can actually achieve and do and that we do not put strain on our committees and our staff just because something is out there. We will never run out of problems to resolve in the world. There are way more than we can ever do, but how do we prioritize? How do we make sure that we are doing that as much as possible? So um, <clears throat> so our resolutions committee worked uh, really hard on that this year to uh, make sure that we um, 
to make sure that we would not be um, uh, creating uh, resolutions that were not achievable or not uh, compatible with our workflow overall, but still responding to the uh, requests of our members. And uh, so that was all uh, very fabulous. Um, we had um, a whole range of um, programming, as I said, both in our uh, plenary sessions and also in our um, other activities. And so um, that was all um, really excellent. And uh, so all in all, I just I thought we had a, um, a marvelous convention this year, and um, I'm looking forward to next year in Jacksonville as being equally um, amazing and more. But you know, it was just a wonderful time. And uh, what are the dates for Jacksonville? Oh, we, that's a trick question, isn't it? Let's <laughs> see. That's July 5th through 12th. Um, and um, so we're looking forward. To, we're looking forward to that so much. Mark your, mark your calendar, folks, right now for 5th or 12th. Don't make any plans. Come to Jacksonville. See us. So. Yes. Yeah. The hotel is really, really nice. I'll just say we went there for the fall board meeting, and I was very impressed with the facility that we're going to be meeting. And people always ask me, is the hotel going to be really hard to, you know, and, and all we, we require a large hotel because of the amount of stuff we have going on simultaneously. So there are always a little bit of a challenge for us with the hotels because of the size and everything right you know so it that's understandable but i just thought in general this was a very nice hotel very nice staff a very nice environment and um you just don't want to miss it nice and deb this year we are we are doing we're doing joint convention with blind association yeah we're still working those details out but um but we are expecting to uh, have uh, a, I would say kind of a simultaneous convention with the Blind Veterans of America. And uh, so there will be, we will have a combined exhibit hall, which is actually quite exciting because they have some exhibitors that we're not always necessarily able to draw and we certainly do as well. So um, this is very attractive to exhibitors. And so I think we're gonna have the most fabulous um, exhibit time. And uh, we will have uh, some other things that cross over and share uh, with each other, but we will also have our own events and our own uh, plenary sessions and each of those things just as they will. And we're able to kind of fit that together. Um, it does help us though um, to um, keep the ho hotel costs a little more manageable and meet our re requirements for stay. And it helps them do this as well because everyone has this challenge now. So um, I think it is absolutely marvelous that we are looking to uh, partner with them. We have a great deal in common with them and yet our, the unique features of our event and their event can still be uh, supported well. So um, I am very much hoping this works successfully. It's an experiment this year, but I expect it to be an, a successful experiment and everyone is very enthusiastic about it. So uh, it will be a great learning opportunity for the members of both organizations and, and who knows may enhance the membership of both organizations. So all these little side benefits you potentially will get are, are just excellent in my personal view. Yeah. Yeah, BBA has been a great partner and ally with ACB and our work in, in, in making our big, big accessible world. Um, right. 
Yeah, and it's super exciting. Hopefully, Dan. Hopefully, hopefully by the time you'll be you'll be you'll be member again, and not just not. You know. <laughs> He's looking forward yes, to being we, our we, our past president, right? Do, do bring that. We we uh, are we have finalized our um, our job description uh, for our permanent uh, ACB executive director position, and that job will be posted here the first week in January and run through. Three first three weeks of January, so uh, that'll be an opportunity for that next leader of uh, ACB to emerge, and we look forward to that interview process. And I know there'll be a lot of great candidates that'll apply. And you know, here we're going to be. We're going to have a new executive director, a new advocacy director, and uh, I can take some time and move back as a volunteer as our immediate uh, past president. So it's. Uh, it's definitely been a year of transition, but I feel like we are just truly moving in the in the right direction. Yep, I'm very glad. They're excited. I'm sure we all, sure all are eager to see who who knew who knew that ED will be. Um, <laughs> and and, and we've also, got other kind of new things happening as well. The uh, well, the other thing is our office in the Alexandria uh, Old Town area is now completed. We've been in temporary space. So come the first week in January, uh, the staff will be relocating up one floor to our permanent digs for the next eight years. So that's exciting for us to finally have a true home to come to work to every day. Yeah, faith, a faith that fits us, that fits our needs and our, in our environment. So I'm glad to have you that. Um, and Deb, of note, you be, you became president, not interim president, in, in this year. So, uh, yes, yes, uh, much to my surprise, I, I shouldn't be surprised. This is the second time this sort of thing in my life has happened to me. It happened to me in high school. I was elected to the vice president of the of the student body, and the student and the student body president was expelled. So, uh, at least we didn't have to expel Dan. Um, so, it, but but I did get that shock in high school. So I actually knew when I ran for um, first vice president of ACB that those things do happen. People joke about it but i knew from firsthand experience that it, it it could happen and and so it did happen and it was kind of startling to me it was like oh no um but i will say everyone was uh, so tremendously supportive and um my interim experience of about three months was was very very positive and uh, helped me to set the stage for actually um running for my first real term um, but uh, it was it was very exciting. I I did enjoy um, uh, leading the convention a lot, and because I had worked on the resolutions committee as first vice president, um, our our second vice president, who was also elevated temporarily to uh, to a different position, Ray Campbell um, from Illinois, became the first vice president during the interim uh, period. And uh, I asked him to uh, to uh, uh, conduct the meetings during the resolutions debate because of the fact that I had been serving on the resolutions uh, committee and uh, kind of wanted to continue to participate there a little. So uh, since I had been engaged in that, so uh, so we did that. But otherwise, I you know had my first experience presiding over the national meetings, and 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 that was a lot of fun. 
And uh, <laughs> I, I laughed because, you know, one of the things that was kind of fun to me was sort of watching myself do that. I, I came back and I played some of the podcasts later and I, and I realized that it's kind of an out of, out of body experience for you to kind of watch yourself do that and like, what did you do that for <laughs> you know, and, and oh that was pretty good good thinking on your part or whatever the reaction might be but it was kind of fun to to play some of that back later because when you're actually doing it you really sort of don't know how well it's working i mean you sort of do of course if right, it's really yeah. good or really bad but i mean a lot of the time you're not sure you know is, was that the right thing to do then um you know and so and so that was the feeling that I had, but it was actually, it was really fun to come back and, and kind of hear it and go and, and have those, you know, armchair critic experiences, you know, and say, well, really, or ah, not so bad. So, so, um, you know, and, and I'm pretty open for that sort of critiquing. I mean, I don't have a hang up about that, but it was just fun. So I'm looking forward to doing it again. You know, I, um, uh, it, it's an awesome, it's an awesome experience, and um, and I'm looking forward to it uh, again. I think. Yeah, and I want to give a thank you to to Deb and to the Voting Task Force and Resolutions Task Force and the Constitution and Bylaws Committee. It, it's always hard to go through and navigate, you know, prov providing uh, the materials in a timely fashion and. Also, giving people an opportunity to comment in public forums, and I think this is something ACB has done really a fabulous job at over the last three or four years. We we learned a lot through the pandemic, so whether it be community event calls, podcasts, uh, you know, listening sessions, we've just given everybody an opportunity to uh, to talk about the issues, our leadership lists, our conversation lists, and I thought we had very vigorous debate on some of the resolutions. And yet at the oh, end of the day, yeah, yeah we, we <laughs> came together as an organization through Vote Now. Everybody right. got an opportunity to participate, which is so mm -hmm. exciting. And we got the business done for the organization. And yeah. I thought it was also just amazingly exciting that we, we did the resolutions and the Constitution and Bylaw Amendments, not only in English, but also in Spanish. Yeah. We had our general sessions and our banquet in Spanish. And mm -hmm. it was ex in, in even our audio description uh, awards gala was in mm -hmm. Spanish. And so mm -hmm. it's just really good to see ACB out there embracing diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility and mm -hmm. really including all the members of the blind and low vision community in our in our key functions. Right, and with that comes some challenges because of course, as we do that, and you get more and more processes in place, sometimes one of the things that does challenge people and frustrate them is that some of this ends up making things take longer or be a little more complicated than they might've been if you didn't do that. And that's all really part of accommodating a, a larger group of people and kind of getting the job done. And it's a different way to be thinking, but people don't always realize that. So we're still really struggling to uh, figure out how to how to do all these positive things and yet streamline how we do them as much as possible so that so that people aren't driven nuts. We, we don't want the convention to be a 12 month event every year, <laughs> that kind of thing. And it isn't, but you know, sometimes when we come off of it, people do feel a little bit that way. So we, we had way. a yeah. lot of feedback about that this year. And I'm really, really sensitive to that. But um, 
So um, again, you know, our as we as we move through a modernization of many of our processes, um, we're finding that we we may need to, in fact, probably need to look pretty closely at many of the ways in which we've done things that have served us over the years. Um, and see whether those are really the ways in the modern world and the modern thinking and the way our membership looks and feels now. Is it the way to continue to do those things? And it is a very big challenge to, to figure out how to, how to keep the best of what makes the organization unique and makes it thrive and that people have come for and yet move it into uh, current times and current thinking and use of current technology and um, and and also the the changes in the way our membership um, begins to look and those are those are mammoth and um, I appreciate as Dan mentioned uh, our voting task force and and others who are who are working and struggling to try to figure out how do we how do we mesh the things that are important with the things that we may need to consider doing differently. And if we do something differently, that it doesn't necessarily change the importance, but it may change the process or the structure of how something occurs. And that sometimes feels threatening to any of us, I mean, at some level. Um, you know, if you get too close to me, I'm going to have a reaction to it too. So um, so I understand that that challenge for our members, but um, I'm, I'm really excited about the possibilities of continuing to move that forward, continuing to make it more efficient, and still yet keep the democracy alive um, and well that we have come to expect in ACB. Yeah, it's it's always learning learning process, so and always um you're always learning, always growing. So it's great great time. Um, also in July, what was the what else happened? In July was the anniversary anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act of the ADA. This was thirty three years after the ADA was passed. So. Lots of places said it had celebrations, lots of agencies announced announced rulemaking to improve the accessibility and equity inclusion inclusion um, in their in the administration. The the White House had several um celebrations and this was it was a great time. Um and yeah, the advocacy team did get to did get to attend those celebrations. Um we also got sent celebrations on the Rehab Act anniversary, which we got to meet the president and vice president. Um, so we've all listened to that. Clark and Deb's on that too. So check it out. Um, we had a great time. Swatha, so didn't you get to take your picture, you and Clark, and I think maybe even Claire with the president? That was pretty yeah. exciting. Yeah, yeah, we're fighting up. Oh wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's on social. It's uh, videos on YouTube. You can go watch it. You can go mm -hmm. and listen to, listen, to what, listen, to we, listen to what we had for our podcast. It was a great time. We had, we had so much fun. Yeah, and it's great. It's great. It's great to to reinvigorate to reinvigorate us and to, to keep the work the work going. So. Fresh. Oh, nice. So oh, nice. Appreciate, 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 and so. And, and Swatha, you and Clark and our our overall members and volunteers. I think 
one thing that really has resonated with me as my time this year being the interim executive director is the position that ACB is held within the blind and low vision community and truly the entire cross-disability community. I mean, we are a respected voice that is solicited on all major policy issues and uh, advocacy issues related to the blind and low vision and truly the entire disability community. And so it's, uh, you know, for our members and friends out there, you need to really understand the true strong voice that ACB has in the Washington, D.C. area and across the country when it comes to policy and advocacy issues. It it really is important, you know, so many times, you know, you hear the quote from Helen Keller, you can do so little alone, but so much together. Uh, and that is truly where I see ACB playing just such a vital role for our progress. How you see that? Just mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It's also one of our, one of our goals, and like one of our long term, long term, long term, long term, long term, long term, long term goals is to be chief, chief, chief influencer in the field of disability policy and blindness advocacy. So, mm -hmm. yeah, see truly, that. truly being the the chief influencer. I think it's a role that we are doing an excellent job of uh, of, of of communicating. Uh, to the larger disability community. Right. Yeah. Always great to see that. Um, so last event of the year, well, not only last, but kind of major event this year is the ED, ED Awards Gala. And did anyone, did anyone go on that in Deb's fall? Sure. Boy, the Audio Description Awards Gala, it's our third annual this year. It was it was, a, again, an interesting year uh, in that we had both the SAG, you know, Screen Actors Guild strike, and the writer strike. And so we were having to be creative to come up with uh, celebrities and content for the gala this year uh, because most uh, actors and writers could not participate. And so it was really good to see us bring in uh, – you know, uh, directors and uh, friends of uh, of audio description, and I really have to commend Doug Rowland and the work he did as our uh, a show producer, um, uh, Marilee Talkington and Chiquita Hernandez just did an outstanding job as our co-host. Again, we offered it in both English and Spanish for the entire. We had two separate videos. That you could pull down on the YouTube channel, and we also uh, streamed uh, on Peacock uh, by Comcast NBC Universal. It was great to see the participation and the excitement, and I, you know, it just makes you feel good to see that ACB can really put together a truly first-class video that is really gaining in reputation across the country. Yeah, I didn't even notice. And I mean, I know because I know behind the scenes what was going on and why, but I didn't even actually notice that we didn't have all the stars like we might have in other years because the people that we did have who made the presentations, um, receiving the awards and talking about them and things were all quite interesting. And, and, and they are really 
very important to make the processes go. I mean, you know, if you are somebody who produces something or you are somebody who, you know, is engaged somewhere behind the scenes, you are how that thing got to the forefront in the first place. So I actually found the the um, whole presentation uh, quite riveting. I, I really, really enjoyed it. And so I absolutely want to encourage that if you haven't seen it, and again, even if you have, um, go take a watch of that because it's very educational. And, and, you know, I come from kind of a unique background, I guess, in the blindness industry or, or process because I'm not a big um, uh, user of audio description. I don't, we don't, <laughs> we don't have a television. We don't have um, any subscription to anything. Um, I don't know. We're kind of neophyte at our house, <laughs> um, oh. but we, we really don't. And it, does, it doesn't mean that I never want to watch any, but we just don't actually, that's just not what we do very much. So we don't have them. And so I came away actually with a couple things I want to go watch right away. So probably over the holidays I will. But um but I think to to really appreciate how um, audio description has grown over the years is is really fascinating for me because I do remember when we started uh, the work with uh, WBGH and and uh, and some of the PBS things and all that and how kind of you know how few and far between any audio description was and now you know the amount of stuff that is described. Um, is is actually phenomenal. That does not mean that we don't need to get some more things going and happening and and more expectations around that because we do. But but just the amount of progress that has been made has been amazing. And um, I've worked for a number of years supporting the um, Audio Description Institute, which is where we have provided training for people who do various kinds of audio description. Um, the traditional kinds you might think about for uh, movies and theater and things, but also the description for things like parks and and other other kinds of things that that get described because anything that's visual should have the potential to be described. And so um, it's been really interesting to learn the process of how you know what what's the sausage being made of back there um, around audio description. So um, it's truly an art, and uh, I'm also very excited that and this is kind of future stuff because they're still working on it but but the um but acb's involvement in the development of certification for audio describers um, is critical because you do want to assure that there's a certain quality uh level that happens when uh, um, audio description occurs and uh, so um i i think it's um I think it's all great stuff, and and I just I thoroughly enjoyed, even though I kind of knew behind the scenes what was happening with the gala process. Just to actually finally watch it uh, in its completed form was just truly exciting, and shows the great collaboration that is occurring with ACB and and many of our partners, and and with the industry itself. And yeah, a special, uh, I was just like swat the special shout out to. Um, uh, to Tabitha Kinlon, who oh, kind yeah. of led the efforts as our audio description project coordinator, and Kim Charlson and Carl Richardson, our co-chairs of the audio description project, and then Maria Victoria Diaz and DeCapta for, for all their work in translating and getting it all done in Spanish, and Joel Snyder and his work doing the audio description with uh, his uh, audio description associates company. And, uh, you know, it was really... Um, 
it was really great to see everybody come together and, uh, you know, kind of pull this, uh, pull this off and really do an outstanding job. Yeah, absolutely. Big shout out to Tabitha and Kim and Carl and all that folks that did that worked on worked on that project um, and that gala. It was, it was no easy feat. I, I see that now. Um, and I mean, it really speaks. To, it really look look at how, how many tabs we have now. The ADP catalog we have like ten thousand now, right, Dan? Over ten thousand titles with audio description, including series, movies. Yes, yeah, just it's just mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So the year is not done, folks. We have the community done. We have we have like we have all these community events and all these um sort of end of year end of year giving events. So keep your eyes peeled. Keep your, keep your eyes peeled and your ears. You know, get that peeled too. Okay. Well, yeah. On New Year's Eve, we'll have to celebrate with the community thon and. We had a great Friendsgiving event for folks that uh, needed somebody to share their day with on Thanksgiving. Uh, had a wonderful uh, uh, ACB media holiday auction, which got everybody excited and fired up. So uh, it's been a really good end to the year. And we're looking forward to 2024, Swatha. We've got nice the year. DC Leadership Conference coming up uh, March 1st through 5th. And uh, mm-hmm. That's going to be exciting. We're going to be at the Pentagon Pentagon City Sheraton uh, for, uh, you know, both our board meeting, our president's meeting, our legislative seminar, and a chance for us to all get back in action and walk on Capitol Hill and mm-hmm. visit our congressional representatives. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Exciting. This, this year was a great year. This was quite, quite, quite the year of turnover of of mm-hmm. um, just changes and transitions and just a great year for, for ICB in general and our staff members like just looking at how staff members can come together is amazing to me I'm just seeing how we kind of got through, got through all these all these changes and all these new things happening it's great so if you have any um, advocacy issues you want to talk to me about or me and Claire back in the new year um, you can email us at advocacy at acb.org um you can also visit us online at acb.org at acb.org and dan dan and dad thanks for having thanks for enjoying the podcast with me thanks for coming on and speaking out the year yeah thank you for having us it's just really great to have an opportunity to reflect on all that's been going on and and uh, we've got many challenges ahead in the new year, but many exciting things to look forward to. And I'm just uh, just so energized and excited to move forward into 2024. Woohoo! <laughs> Happy New Year to both you guys and all of our yeah. ACB members and friends out there. Agree. I love you. And as always, keep advocating. Keep advocating. Thanks for listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. You can reach us by emailing advocacy at acb.org. The ACB Advocacy Update is a production of the American Council of the Blind in Alexandria, Virginia. To learn more about ACB, visit us online at www.acb.org.